Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast Investorpreneur, where investors meet entrepreneur. Here we talk about everything investing real estate, and today we'll talk about pre-sales or off-plan investments. The strategy is for some people who are more advanced. However, it is certainly how I've built my real estate career or how I started in real estate, and I wanted to share this as a very special podcast to you because very few people talk about the strategy or how it can be utilized to maximize your returns. Again, my name is Peter Leung and I'm a global real estate investor. I own, invest, and develop commercial properties around the world. You've probably seen me in videos or on stage working with serial entrepreneurs and investors. I'm also a private equity business and angel investor as well. So you can find me on Instagram and Facebook and I am Peter Leung. It is also on Facebook where I share ideas, videos, and inspirations as I journey to intergenerational wealth. If you have any questions, you can email us at podcast at iampeterleon.com or for those of you that have been doing this already, sending deals to deals at iampeterleon.com where we're reviewing deals, working with you, identifying projects where we joint venture together to build wealth for the intergenerational wealth theory. Now, I'll be sharing you with you a lot of these tips, ideas as to what I see with regards to off-plan deals and how you can take advantage of them, especially or even during COVID, post-COVID, any point in time. So here it is. First and foremost, what is um, off-plan or pre-sales? Basically, it means that when a new development is going to come up, after the developer buys the piece of land, they're going to get zoning or city approval or council approval to actually erect a building on a um, on that particular new building. Now, if they do that, they are going to obviously have to invest in architectural drawings and everything else of that nature. And they would go to the bank and ask for some sort of financing. Most companies, most developers would ask for some financing. Now, that financing obviously is not going to come at cheap unless um, they have pre-sold the unit. What that means is they are going to go to the market with promotional packages, with um, marketing material, and speaking with brokerages, um, and actually trying to sell the units based upon CGI or based upon information, marketing material that you're going to see. Now, with this marketing material, you're going to they're, they're going to be able to build floor plates. They're going to be able to build floor plans as well as um, you know. Um, um, views of the building. Um, sometimes they would even have um, computer animation or virtual 360 tours to be able to walk through the development. Now, with that being said, the developer has typically to sell between 40 and 60% to get any type of financing, right, to build the, the building. So what that means is they're not going to get bank support unless they've sold it in advance. Now, what that means is in this particular case, when they have to deploy, you know, build all this material and, and pre-sell the units, you want to be able to get into that development first. So this is where location becomes very critical and also developer reputation, etc. Um, identifying the right project to get into is very, very important in this case. And also identifying what unit that you want, what uh, when to get in the project. These are all very important things. So... Um, Again, going back to it, pre-sale of the units is really essentially what this whole strategy is all about. 
So how does it work for an investor? Well, for me, way back in the day, uh, what I've identified is going, I only had enough money to go buy uh, pre-sales because usually it's a down payment of five or 10%. So essentially, I can have very high leverage for buying a particular unit. Now, of course, the unit's not even built yet, so it might mean that I am putting some money down and in stage payment, so typically it could be 10% now, you pay another 10% in a year or two years later to make it 20%. So most typical off-plan or pre-sales, you'd probably be looking at about 20 to 25% worth of down payment. Now the other 75%, of course, you may be able to get financing or you're gonna pay down when the unit is now available for possession or for closing, right? So at that point in time, then you have to you know, make up the rest of it or you're gonna to have to get bank financing or mortgage. But between the time that you commit to the contract, commit to your unit, till the time that it actually completes could range in between one year to four or five years. Now, give you a little bit of a note here. I typically love units that are four years there about plus or minus. I don't like to buy pre-sales that are too close because that basically means I'm not typically getting a discount to market. I like buying everything at a discount. So property is no different. I wanna make sure that I get my best bang for the buck and therefore I'm not gonna be able to do that if I am buying the unit too close to my possession date. Right. So in this particular case, the down, you would put down down payment, choose the, uh, you know, you walk through the showroom or the marketing material, identify the unit that you want. And of course, you're then going to be able, they're going to give you what they consider a list price. And that list price would basically determine, you know, how much it is, what the square footage is going to be. And this is typically for whether it's for townhomes, whether it's for apartments, um, that's, those are the type of units, or you, maybe you might even get this in a duplex. These are the type of units that they would typically pre-sell. So sometimes it would be a hundred units that they're bringing to market and they're going to chop them into phases of sale. They may sell 20 units now, 20 units later, 20 units later after that. So they will constantly increase the price of the phases. And why that is, so they will select certain units to launch first, maybe the best deal, but at the same time, maybe the view's not as great. So the selection is going to change depending on what type of price you're going to pay. The later you are in those stages, the more money you're going to pay because the developer has the biggest incentive to get to the point where they have bank financing and where the bank is prepared to provide them financing. So anytime that they're over 60%, typically I find that developers would be very unmotivated to actually um, give you a significant discount or you know market at a good price they're going to constantly increase the price as well with each and every phase so how does after the down payment you're just essentially waiting so it's a, it's, it's considered a contract you're going to be signing for the purchase of this particular unit at x date in advance so buy as early as you can if you like the development that is the unit that you're going to be getting in early so get in at the first batch if you can try not to wait until you're like the middle the middle is where you're worst so if they've sold 40 50 percent and they sold it really fast the first 30 or 40 50 percent you're not the prices would have gone up a lot already so if you bought in the first week of a project launching 
um, at 0%, you know, purchased till the time that they get the 50%, that could be easily a 10 to 20% increase of value already. So that is a very core strategy of uh, high leverage because you only have to put down 10% of the unit. So if it gone, if the unit has gone up 10 to 15%, you could have made 100% on your money in the first 60, 90, 180 days. And that's very important in regards to why people do pre-sales is because, or professional investors utilize pre-sales or off-plan deals is because it provides extremely high leverage. You're paying 10%, 5% down to get the contract for a development for a unit at 100%. So you're only putting 5% down. And if the value of the property goes up by 5%, you've already made 100% of your money. Now, keep in mind, and I'll share with this with you later how to exit the strategy as well. So how to get in it, we'll talk about that first. We'll talk about how do you how the, the strategy works and then how you can possibly execute it as well. So that's where it comes to leverage. Um, there's also why would I do this is because of market trends. So if you get into a development fairly early uh, and the market trend was that it's certainly going up, trend is your friend you want to be able to follow the trend sometimes don't go against the grain go with the grain right so with market trend if the if if the development is launching at a reasonable price and obviously comparables like typical rules of real estate apply comparables 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 identify what's in demand what the demand what the supply of that region is and what the price per square foot or land cost would be identify what the values are and why you'd buy it and don't buy everything because at the end of the day you know if a, if if you're looking at you know off-plan deals or pre-sales you're going to be able to um, find plenty of them however just invest in the ones that are good which means that vet a lot and you may not end up with many deals but you don't need many you only need a few to make very very good money with the strategy so after you um you know, pick up the unit, you're essentially picking up stuff that is likely on the upward trend. And you're going to be, you know, that, that trend is going to allow you to make money. And then on top of that, you're buying below market because you're getting into the development fairly early. And so with that being the case, you maybe put 10% down on a, uh, per, you know, just for argument's sake, a million dollar property. So that's 50,000 you have to come up with. Now make sure of this. Now a lot of people as, as investors, they love the strategy, but they don't understand there's also risks involved. Well, um, what are those risks? The risk is in four or five years, the price of property could have dropped, right? The price of the property could have dropped. Now, if that were the case, all of a sudden you'd still be losing money, right? But at the same time, the second thing is that maybe bank financing is not available, just like during COVID in parts of the UK, um, you know, evaluations weren't being done and all of a sudden you're not able to get a mortgage and you could be deemed to default because you can't get the other 80% for the bank to provide for you. So you could be at a default because this is a future value, right? Future contract that you're executing on because you don't know what's going to happen four years out, never mind, you know, four months out. So... In this particular case, you there are some risks involved as well. So do understand that this is a strategy that you want to tread carefully on, but you also have to understand the intricacies of how this could be a substantial um, interest for you to build your portfolio as well in future value. So you are also able to buy at below market when you pick up a unit 
at uh, 10, you know, 10% below the market value of the properties around the area. So prior to 2019, a lot of off-plan deals or pre-sales were selling below market, which means anything else around the area, let's say was a uh, $500 per square foot, which is, you know, of course, when you buy an apartment, let's say your apartment is 500 square feet at 500 bucks a square foot, it's 250,000 is the value of the property. Now, when you go and sell, uh, you know, purchase this, that means let's say you put down 10% of 250,000. So now you're only going to come up with um, $25,000. And at that $25,000, you're going to be able to um, you know, control the contract. So at that point in time, you identify if the neighborhood is selling at say um, $600, and you're buying at $500 square per square foot, you might be able to get, you know, you're now saving some money, right? You're saving that $100 per square foot. And that's what we consider below market value, right? Below market value. Now you gotta take that with some um, caution to be able to make sure that you are actually getting good comparables. But with that being said, what you will eventually get into the situation of is in 2019, you have at market. So the market value was say 600, but you're buying it at 600. So a lot of salespeople are gonna sell to you. Well, you know what? In four years time, in five years time, it's gonna be much more than that. So you're buying it at, you know, you're buying a steal, right? Now it could be the case if there's very few developments that are ever gonna be built in that area or vice versa in that particular case, it may be a situation where there isn't that much more going to come to market. And because of that, you love that area and it's very high demand. Therefore, selling at market would be okay because in four or five years down the road, this area would could have went from $600 to $800. So you can see there's very high leverage there. Or in, two, in year 2000, late 2019, it turned into a situation where they're selling above market. So the area might sell for 600 bucks a square foot. In this particular case, they're selling to you at 650 or $700 per square foot. This is where I would significantly caution you to not consider a deal, right? A lot of people then get bought into the speculation aspect of it going, oh, okay, I can buy, you know, thinking that it'll raise to seven, $800 a square foot. Therefore, I'm going to buy it anyway because of the leverage. You need to understand the strategy and you need to be able to make sure that all of these strategies work for you, right, in your favor before you make a commitment to purchase these pre-sale units. So those are some of the things why I do it is for leverage, for market trend, for buying below market value, you know, getting into a development where there's very few demand or very few supply available. So those are some of the major reasons why I do. And also buying into the development, I can pick lower, uh, you know, lower floor units, which is also what I typically do. I don't buy the best units in the house. So do I buy the top floors, medium floors, the low floors? I always buy the low floors because the amount of rent that you can get at the top versus the bottom, it's essentially, you know, maybe 10% difference, right? However, um, the price can come up significantly more, 20, 30, 40% more if you pick a higher um, floor unit with a better view, but you're not going to get that much more rent. So as you know, I'm an investor that loves cash flow. I love to be able to buy these units at a discount and hold until the completion where I'm getting bank financing and I bought it and, and the value has already significantly gone up. 
I'm there for furnishing the, the unit for furnished rental, or I'm uh, putting a long-term tenant there, or in some cases, in some countries, I'm doing Airbnb, and I would get a significant yield on my property. And that's how I execute some of these strategies for uh, my investment strategy today. But what do you pick? So let's talk about that very quickly. So, or actually, as a matter of fact, I'm gonna also cover what you shouldn't pick. So what you need to pick is multi-phase development. So don't pick unit developments that they're selling one phase, which means 16, 20 units. You know, those are not good executions for these strategies because they're gonna sell it at one price tag. They're not really gonna increase value. So you don't have a benefit of buying early or buying late. And that's not something you wanna get involved in. Um, so pick multi-phase developments. They're usually four, five, six, seven, even a thousand units, right? Typically, those are the ones that you want, this strategy would work very well for. Um, so aside from a multi-phase development, you wanna be able to pick things that obviously has a market trend, or in this particular case, don't pick anything that is a at or higher than market value, right? So I've significantly cautioned you that, especially with now with COVID-19, now we're getting to the you know uh, the end of the, the lockdown. You're starting to see a lot of units come to be available, and developers starting to sell again. Um, so, with that being the case, don't pick anything that's higher than market value. As a matter of fact, I would recommend don't pick anything that's not even significantly discount to market value at this point in time. At least minimum of ten percent. But that's that's my opinion. Okay, what are other things that you wanna be able to pick? You wanna pick a very uh, a reputable developer. Developer is everything when it comes to pre-sale. Are they gonna be able to complete the project? Are they gonna complete on time? Are they gonna run out of money? Are they gonna to cut on their budget because they go, uh, you know, we're cost overrun, their lending costs have gone up. We expect a project to finish in four years, but hypothetically, it's, it, it takes more than four years. So their lending costs, their loan costs, their um, labor costs, their marketing costs, all of it is dramatically increased. And you know this is gonna cause problems for smaller developers. And that in that particular case, uh, if their budget wasn't done as well, which we as a purchaser, we don't see, right? Um, we typically are provided by a um, sort of a, a pre-sale disclosure agreements or some form of documentation telling you the expectation, right? to the CGI and everything else like that. They might tell you, you know, it's gonna come with uh, Siemens in terms of uh, furniture, or not furniture, but in terms of appliance, but it may turn out, they're not gonna be very brand specific. They're gonna say it's going to be a, um, you know, it's gonna increase a microwave, it's gonna increase a, a refrigerator as part of your unit, but they can uh, change to some degree based upon what says in the disclosure agreements of your particular unit when you purchase. So those are things to take into consideration. So developer reputation is very important because then you know that you're gonna get your unit on time or sometimes at least reasonably. At the same time, you're gonna understand that their quality of finishing and the, furnish, uh, the furnishings are going to be up to certain standards. So these are very important things to pick when you consider a pre-sale. At the same time, you also need a pre uh, you know, uh, look at demand. How much demand is there in that area or vice versa? How much are they building? Is there a lot of other developments around the area all developing? Well, in those cases, 
I'm not saying those aren't investable, right? Um, but however, however, it's very important for you to pick the ones first, the easiest picking, okay? Which is high demand, low supply, right? Under market value and first phase in a multi-phase development with a brand reputable developer. That's the ideal combination for you to go pick uh, off-plan or pre-sale development to consider. And also, this is something very, very important as part of your exit strategy. I always have at least multiple exit strategies when I get into a purchase of any sort. So if I buy a, a development, um, whether it's uh, buy to let or a single family home, or it could be apartments or condominiums, I always have at least two exits. So what that means is I'm able to actually what we call assign the property to somebody else. Let's say in this particular case, I buy the development or I buy a particular unit for 250,000. It goes up in my deposit was 25,000. It goes up by 25,000 as a development, right? Because of the amount of demand and the price that the developer has increased by it. They'll say they increased it by 25,000. So I've made 100% on my money already, which is a very good day, right? Is that possible? Absolutely. I've done that multiple, multiple, multiple times where the developer increases the price and all of a sudden I'm 100% in the money. Now, with that being the case, you go, well, Peter, how do I exit the strategy? Well, do I have to always wait till the very end? And the answer is no. You can actually take what we call an assignment of contract. An assignment of contract allows us to actually assign the value, assign the entire paper to somebody else that would purchase. Today, there's a few things that you want to watch out here where there are going to be things like um, assignment fees. There's going to be legal fees that you have to be incur, etc. So like selling any other property, they're going to have to assign this and th therefore you're going to have to subject to taxes, etc. But what I would say here is the assignment of contract is very important. The ability to is very important because if you've made money, how do you lock in the gains? You lock in the gains by the de whole development being sold out which means that they've, or you've reached the maximum potential of what the developer is charging, which from phase one to usually phase three or four is usually at the minimum of 10% to 20% increase in value. So you've already made your 20%. So if you only had a 10% deposit, you could have made 200% on your money. But at that point, that's when you can go to the market and sell your assignment to the market and see if anybody would buy it. Now, keep in mind, you have to sell it at discount, otherwise nobody's ever gonna buy it from you, right? So if let's say the last unit from the developer sold at $500 a square foot and you bought it at 400, right? You had that increase in value, great. Now you wanna lock it in at 500. Well, it's very unlikely unless that, that property was very highly sought after that they're not gonna pay 500. They're not going to five, pay 510 or 520. What they're going to do is they're going to ask for a discount. So you might market for 480, 490, and you might come to an agreement at like 470, 480. So you'd be able to lock in your profit for between $400 a square foot to $480 a square foot. This is where the excitement is because all it is that it could take one year, two years for you to make some very, very substantial return on investment with very high leverage. But like I say, always consider risk and reward. What's your risk and what's your reward? I always buy for the basis that I know I'm going to complete. But if in the middle, in the midst of all this, I can actually take profit, I may actually do that. 
So I have the intent of you know, completing on every property four years later. However, in the midst of, in, in between this four years, a lot of things can happen. Market trend could really go up and that's what happened in Vancouver. That's what happened in UK. That's why UK is very, very popular for international investors. They don't buy the used units. They buy brand new units on an off plan or a pre-sale basis. And that's what happens in this case. Now, last but not least, there is, you know, when you buy these develop, uh, developments, you can always negotiate. Most people think that the list price, you can't negotiate, but you can. You can negotiate anything. Everything is negotiable, right? Um, so you need to make sure that you negotiate. And secondly, and, and most people don't know that you can negotiate. People go, oh, this is the offer and therefore you're, that's what you pay. Uh, and that's not true. So you can always negotiate a discount. You can negotiate the amount of deposit that you put. You can always discuss or just negotiate based upon how much the fees of assignment are. You can uh, negotiate when you can you know, sell your unit. Some developers don't let you sell the unit in the first year. Some developments don't allow you to sell uh, until they've completely sold out. So these are all the fine print in your disclosure agreement or just in your documentation pack when you choose to you know, consider your development or purchasing your presale. Now, identify if it's a good time for you to buy. This is very important. This is where timing again goes back to something very important. Identify the timing, right? Is it good to do this? COVID-19 has changed a lot of this basis. Well, what do I mean by that? COVID-19 essentially has caused a lull in the market where a lot of people all of a sudden goes, I don't want these developments anymore. So you can actually go on the MLS or listing service and pick up these assignments from investors at 10, 20% lower than what it is currently market value. And that's a great, another great strategy. I'm going to get into more advanced stuff in a future podcast on how to utilize this strategy and how to reap the benefits of it and maximize your value. But in here, I'm just going to go through the, the fundamentals um, so you get a glimpse of how this strategy can be a very, very profitable one. Um, at least it has certainly been for uh, my uh, property career. So as you can see, there are so many ways to structure a deal. There's so many things that you can do there. Uh, an off plan or a pre-sale is a very, very uh, important uh, strategy for some investors um, and, and, and how they determine that is just because of how much leverage you can get. And, and most investors love that because it's leverage without having to pay the bank or involving the bank at all. And so make sure you follow the rules of what I've given you, right? Or at least that those are my, those are my opinions of strong, you know, follow throughs. You don't want to pick things that in the wrong time, you don't want to buy things with no demand. You don't want to be buying things with very high uh, deposit structure where you couldn't get out of a deal. These are all the things that I would certainly advise you to consider. And of course, your, uh, your, your real estate professional is going to be able to help you with that. These are developers that usually hire very large marketing companies like Jones Lang LaSalle, uh, or also known as JLL or Collier Century 21, or you have the, uh, you, know, you have a lot of marketing companies that specifically market these type of products. So with that being the case, go out there, go to pre-sales. I go to pre-sale showrooms all the time. I look at what's available, what's in trend, what are they building? Because I'm also able to get a lot of inspiration as to what they're trying to build and how this can be part of, um, you know, 
me and identifying what I would be wanting to invest in, which areas, which are the ones that are redeveloping, uh, which areas are under um, under upgrade. And when that happens, if I'm buying other property in the area, I can consider how much property value can increase over the near future. So this is a little bit on the 101 of off plan and pre-sale property. I love this strategy. It's, you know, I've done many, many of these. As a matter of fact, in 2019, we did just under 30 of these, um, you know, property transactions. So I would say, uh, and we've subsequently exited a good, a good amount of them as well. So I would say, consider this as part of your strategy because very few people understand it or know the intricacies of it. I just gave you a glimpse of it. I hope you guys get to uh, learn it go experience it, go try it, but make sure you do your due diligence and follow the rules of success in off-plan and pre-sale investing. Again, my name is Peter Leong. I thank you for listening to the Investor Podcast where we talk everything investing, real estate, and until next time, we're gonna share more and more strategies as to how you can build wealth and maybe even triple it post-COVID. Have a great day, guys.